Hello again, this is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We are talking Manhattan. Mm-hmm. We're at Halstead again. We're at Halstead. We're on the Upper West Side. It's probably 105 degrees outside. That's, that's in the shade. It's in the shade. It's late July, and we're here with Karen Stone. Yeah. Hey, we're Karen Stone. And we were just here a few weeks ago with Ari, mm-hmm. yeah. Ari Harkov, and that was just an amazing podcast. Yeah. And uh, because it was so amazing, I want to keep the Halstead thing going. Oh, we Besides, appreciate that. And I, and I love Karen. I need some Karen Stone. I need me some Karen Stone. I get that all the time. And they need some Yeah, I was lucky I got a ticket. So, so yeah. thank you. Well, it was almost sold out. Thank you for, thank you for comping me. No a lot of people yeah. go for their shows outside. It's yeah. so hot. It's two drink minimum. Don't forget. <laughs> right. Right. There's a water down. Okay. Yes, it does. Anyway, we're going to try to inject some comedy today. Let's do it. You do comedy, right? I do. Where do you do comedy really quick? Plug it. Gotham Comedy Club with their new talent showcase, which mm-hmm. means I am still up and coming, aspiring, not sure if I'm funny or not, but people seem to laugh. You're I fine. think they're real laughs. I don't know if they're pity laughs, but I think some of them Is there a real. difference between real and pity? I'm hoping not. Okay, got it. <laughs> I can't tell. When and when, when is our, when you want? Oh, I, whenever they ask me to or whenever okay, gotcha. I ask. So you announce on Facebook or something? Yes, okay, always gotcha. announce. Last show, I had two days notice. It's just really simple. So you just cool. have to be out there. Yeah. All right. Well, we, this is funny. Some of this is just like... Manhattan Real Estate is a joke. Yes. <laughs> is, is it a joke to you? I mean, we take this so seriously. No, no. Yeah. Our clients. Um, you know, we could make it funny if we want to. But yes. anyway, so let's just go back to serious Manhattan Real Estate talk. Totally. About that. This show is about buyers, sellers, agents. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Yes. You've been 11 years in this business. Yes. I've known you for pretty much 11 of them. Yes. All right, so we connected immediately. I loved you immediately, and, and I hope you love me. Mutual, yes. Um, but what's going on out there? People want to know what's happening right now. Well, you've got lots of markets. So we've got the sales market and we have the rental market. I am a hybrid agent, so mm-hmm. I can speak to both. Um, but I would say in general, it's schizophrenic. Uh, the sales market? Uh, kind of both. So by schizophrenic, you mean it's all over the place it's just all over the place it's like i was thinking about it today it's like autopia Mm -hmm. at disneyland where you're like on the track but then like you're trying to go one way but the but the track is there and you're just like i don't know which way to go i'm just gonna throw it at the wall and see what sticks is it is it because every situation is so unique and there's no way to actually get some broad data about what the market's doing very much so i mean i follow your stats i try to give those stats mm-hmm. to my clients when i meet with them and then something totally random happens like mm-hmm. a new comp comes out or like what happened two weeks ago with the with uh, july 1st where tons of people closed yep. at the end of the month and yeah. now they have all these new stats with increasing prices and you know like it, that just doesn't do us any good let me but, just let me, let me so let me just you know thank you for bringing that up so early um <laughs> Because you no, know, I have had this conversation a couple times with agents over the last week and a half since the, since the numbers came out for Q two, mm-hmm. and what's confusing is um, I'm looking at my chart room here, okay, yeah. so you don't see that. But median sale price, median sale price is up nine percent year over year, and we teach people to look year over year, right? To factor out seasonality, mm-hmm. price per square foot, which is what we like to look at for linear price action over mm-hmm. time, answers that question: How is the market doing? Is down one percent. So, like, when we ask you. Median sale price up 9%. Does the market feel like it's up 9% price-wise in the last 12 months? Not for what I'm selling. Right. And, all, and all, the, all the quarterly reports kind of mimic the same thing. you got the median sale price trend doing one thing, that price per square foot kind of doing another. Right. And we're saying, I would look at the price per square foot. We're still down. Right. This market still fell over the last 12 months. Right. And when you talk about uh, median price per square foot, when you talk mm-hmm. about what happened July 1st, you know, a lot of those numbers coming out, a lot of that was sales trying to beat the new mansion tax. Right. And who does that necessarily affect? It affects the higher price 
prices. So right. when the higher prices close in bulk, right. you're necessarily going to get a higher median price just because there's more of them closing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really what? statistical dynamics that are sort of playing games with us. And then, of course, the press doesn't help. So right. I think right. we as agents, and you do a great job of this, we are controlling that dialogue. Yeah. And I we mean, can only do that with stories. And that's a key, controlling the dialogue. I mean, that's what a broker should be doing, right? Managing expectations, control yeah. the dialogue, turn data into a conversation. Yeah. Um, I read your blog post, um, was it last week? When was it? A or couple days ago. A couple days ago. Yeah. Um, and it was talking about three scenarios, three yes. buy sides. I could just go into that really yes. quickly. These are all buyers or just two buyers uh, and one seller? Two buyers, one seller. Okay. So um, buyer number one, mm -hmm. um, an apartment hit the market, two bed, two bath on the Upper West Side, asking around 165. Um, on the market four days. They ha already had one bid when I saw it for the second time with my client, and we ended up going highest and best with six participants. Is it a good product? Wow. Two bed, two bath with river facing views. Okay, right so uh, yes, beautifully mm -hmm. central air. Priced right. Um, so I asked the broker, how did you price this? And yep. he said, well, we looked at the comps, and I can see the comps that he looked at, but this was so special. We went in over two hundred thousand over asking. So that's what I'm trying to figure out. I mean, did he? So did, how many? Well, how many bids did you think came in? I think there could have been about ten, and I think whoever was under ask probably didn't get to participate in the highest and best. So let me ask: when you when you ran your set of comps for this, yep. were you looking at this as sort of? Did you realize this this unit is somewhat underpriced, and there's yes. it's maybe worth even more than the extra two hundred? Yes, we were slightly less. Where where did your comps fall in line with the asking price? Well. It's hard to put a value on it, but you know, p apartments that face Central Park or that have those right. reviews or yeah. are on Gramercy Park. Like the broker, I actually asked him, like, how did you justify this? And he ran a search and he mm -hmm. said, you know, Gramercy Park, the front facing apartments sell for about 40% more. Gramercy Park. Gramercy Park, 40%. That's just an example, right? right? But it's just an example for like how special this also is. Right, exactly. With the river-facing views, which not a lot of apartments are gut-renovated with central air river-facing views. Right. I think it went probably close to $2 million. Wow. Which is like... And I'm just trying yeah. to figure out what, what the conversation was with that seller broker and the seller. I mean, did he come out and say, listen, let's price this thing 20%? You know, it's, I got handed to it. It's a, listen, it's a very gutsy move, especially in a market that people are, are considering a down market to kind of price under the market. Yeah. It's super gutsy, but honestly, every time if you have a unit that exceeds market expectations, yeah. the buyers show up and they show up in and mass then, and yeah. they go bonkers. For so it. let's just point that out because right now you got to create a sense of urgency. If you create a sense of urgency and you mm -hmm. get that mindset change, you're going to have these buyers come in there. They're going to see a packed open house. They're going to talk to the broker. The broker's going to come back and say, I already got bids in. There's a best right. and final in three days that rewires the buyer's brains yeah. all those buyers that are not part of that best and final so far mm -hmm. right yeah, yeah. So say even before the open house i mean you can you can see it come on the market you can reach out for an appointment it's like you know yeah. what we have seven people ahead of you it's like oh okay yeah. so clearly why, why was this so special is there not a lot of view apartments in that in that sector or? that's a very it's a coveted building mm -hmm. and obviously central air in a pre-war building is hard to find right. so they things. you know but they were he said like we priced it just under the market right the if somebody yeah. if a buyer was looking on some website and saw you know in this price range one six to one eight they would find this listing mm -hmm. right not knowing how special it was till they mm -hmm. got there I wonder if, if the overall um, 
bid, the winning bidder, actually surprised the, the seller broker. And if he actually said to himself, you know what, I, even I didn't expect it to go this much. <laughs> I, I even asked him, and you know, I have a way of like getting a little bit more information than, yes. than some. Intel, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I said, you think even $100,000 more would have done it? And he said, I don't think so. Wow. And that's our job as brokers. You know, <sighs> buyers need to understand this. Um, we, get, we try to gather intel. Yep. We ask, the seller broker tries to give us some things without compromising anyone's privacy or, yeah. or bid. Yeah. It's, it's not easy. It's right. not. And, mm -hmm. and preparing a client for this when they've been looking at other comps, they're from out of state, like this is the first department that they've seen that they want to bid on, yeah. and I coach them. It's right. all about us coaching them and yeah. then presenting a stellar package, and all you can hope is that there are going to be some agents in that pack yeah. that don't do it right. Well, yeah. Can I just ask, because you just brought up a very, and I don't want you to go into too many you know, personal details, but mm -hmm. a client from out of state, the first department they see is an Upper West Side mm -hmm. Riverview co-op with Central Air. Yeah. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. Yeah, they're Very spoiled now. So. They're never going to find it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, we've like, looked at other places. Okay. So we looked at like brick wall views right. and those pre-war buildings along Fifth Avenue where you have to have like 10 times the purchase price in your account. Yeah. This one, actually it surprised me that they even went there, but I'm like, let's just Talk about that other one. Let's buyer number two scenario. <sighs> buyer number two, really nice couple. They make a bid on about $200,000 under ask. It's been on the market for almost six months mm -hmm. at this point. Where is this place? Uh, this is uh, like Midtown West, 50, okay. like mid, mm -hmm. mid 50s. Um, condo, mm -hmm. seller has it in his mind that he needs to sell it for what the last comp in the building sold for. When did that when last, did that happen? last year? Okay. okay, so the market's yep. down. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's, he, not, it's not up 10% from last year. Correct. <laughs> so, so that one, just for clarity, sold for 2080. Yep. He wants 2.1. Of course, this, this is, is such a this. This is so widespread. How the the sellers just have to outbeat the last part. Yeah, sorry. totally. It doesn't and, matter what the market does. No. It's just, you know. So my guys offer one point nine. Mm -hmm. They kind of hold steady for about a month. They had to deal with some financing things. We come back finally, and we uh, they. Uh, they're asking like two two five, right? They countered at two point one. We were at one point nine. We held. We then countered back at one nine four. Because again, now that the tra the transfer taxes have changed, the mansion right. taxes changed, we wanted to stay under that two million and give ourselves a little bit of room. Right. He's holding steady at two point one. Right. And the broker, I mean, poor guy. He's been trying to sell it for six, for six months. Yeah. He may not have to sell. He may he may just have that price in his head all the time. That's you know? a, and they're like when you've got two stubborn people like yeah. that. I, I'm like. Ugh. So like the, the moral of this story is that it's a tale of two more. It's a tale of of how you price how yeah. you pricing rightly. Yeah. Are you creating well, urgency or are you not? But let me ask you this: in terms of like a broker client relationship, when you yeah. have a, a buyer who's willing to kind of make that leap of yeah. faith in a, mm -hmm. a market that's not going up, and you encounter a, a resistant seller. Yeah. How do you hang on to that client? How do you sort of nurture them through this process so they don't think, you know what, Karen, I'm done with you. I want to get yeah. someone who can get that deal done. Well, with them, coincidentally, they happen to know the broker as well, okay. socially. But of course, they, they wanted right. representation too. So like, you know, they knew and they know that I'm doing everything that I can. And mm -hmm. that agent completely agrees with us. Right. He knows he's got like, you know, a, how long has it been on the market? Six months. Yeah, a I mean, that's a good negotiation the whole time. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a one-on-one -on -one negotiation, essentially, yeah. between you. Yeah. Yeah. So. And no other offers. Yeah. But get, but get this. So he, I guess, the seller lives out of state. He comes back home. The the uh, selling agent tells him, "We've got lots of interest. We want to get buyers in." Seller says, "No, not while I'm home." 
Hmm. If a seller wants to sell, right. and they know there are people circling, yeah. they're going to let He doesn't sell. want to sell. He doesn't, he doesn't, he, want, he to doesn't want to sell. Right. And you all know the what? signs are there. At all times, and we try to think about this, like just think about how many how many sellers there really are out there. Like we got 7,000 over here, mm-hmm. but think about all the sellers that haven't listed yet or right. are off the market. Off market. I mean, look, Why there's, there's, so right there's 4,233 listings off market. There's 7,000 listings for sale, 4,000 that are off right. the market. If you think about that, inventory is like 11,000 plus. Right. Right, and this is the time things come off market. And at all times, if you have to slice and dice that, like let's think of a pie chart, mm-hmm. right, of all that. What's the percentage of, of our real sellers? What are the, well, you know, I, I have to sell, but I am in no rush, right? right? Yeah. Uh, I don't have to sell at all, I'm just trying to see if I can get a price. I have to sell, I need to get this thing sold in two weeks, right. kind of thing, I, you know, liquidity, yeah. a moving, who knows? Yeah. And that's, I, you know, that's the number one question we have to ask now. Yeah. You know, it, it's, before you start talking about a pricing strategy, we have to talk about when do you really need to be out here? Yeah, Scenario that's a three. very good, so you're turning around your beginning conversation point to like- To what focus is, on essentially days on market. Yeah. Right, that's the, right. right. Like a scenario number three in my, in my blog was I have a personal listing, uh, not my apartment, but a listing, mm-hmm. and the sellers ended up buying something else, which we knew in the city, they need to renovate it, so they were in no rush to move. But as much as I'm trying to get them to like get competitive with their with their pricing, they are just like we're not they're not feeling the pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're not feeling the pain, then they you know what you have no pressure, you have yeah. no stresses, you can sit back and do your own thing. Yeah. I mean, look, every seller has that right. Every, yeah. What's confusing for us is to figure out where that market <laughs> actually is and getting through to the sellers that really, really need to sell but are mm-hmm. still anchored and they're still kind of thinking that it's two years ago or it's a year yeah. ago or it's three years ago when the market's changed. Yeah. Okay, rentals. So much. Pivot. So rental rentals. market. So I think over the last three to five years, we've seen this kind of lull in the rental market, especially mm-hmm. where we're expecting it to be seasonally like busy right now. But we're still seeing, you know, no fee listings. I actually pulled some stats um, from Street Easy. Uh, Thirteen thirty-five rentals on the Upper East Side on Street Easy. A uh, five hundred eighteen are no fee. Mm-hmm. That's huge. So that's like 40 percent, right? Or something. Which yeah. is huge for July, right? Mm-hmm. Upper West Side, twelve ten rentals, four hundred ninety-two. No. See, fee. I don't know. See, I don't know if that's huge. See, I don't even know this information. I don't follow. That, it's very. I have two examples right now. I have one studio in a walk-up building, and I have one six thousand one bed mm-hmm. in a building. You know, small like boutique rental, very high-end building, six thousand dollars. And the six thousand dollar one, I have had no problem renting those, but wow. this one is a lease break, and I have no incentives. And, I, and I mean, that's think- an eleven thousand dollar fee. All right, so where else can they go? They wow, can go so so, and you can't convince that person to. to I'm trying. I'm working fees. on it. I'm All right, so people understand what we meant by fees is is there's OPs, right? Owner pays, yes, and that's basically a concession. And it's, it's all right, $6,000 a month, but I'm going to give you two months free. So if you figure that whole thing out, yeah. it kind of equates to $5,500 a month or whatever, right. whatever the number is. Of, yeah, they the like net the effect. net effective price. But I always tell people in, in any market, you have to you really have to be able to afford the base rent because right. any increases. Yeah, because you're not writing a check for the net effective right. rent. You're writing a check for the base rent. Exactly. So, so could you just tell renters that are out there that are trying to figure out or even even brokers that don't do rentals but have a rental client now and they're not really privy to what's going on what is normal like what's expected right now in terms of concessions from non-lease breaks regular regular management whatever i go in there i want an apartment is it unreasonable to say i want two months free or one month free typically yes it's unreasonable. Seasonally, like Memorial Day to Labor Day, and I pitch this to the students that mm-hmm. I talk to, I pitch this to all my new rental clients, 
Memorial Day to Labor Day, this is your busy season. This mm -hmm. is when you will have the most competition. And I'm seeing it in some places, but they're very like kind of random deals that I'm doing mm -hmm. here and there. Um, hmm. And you shouldn't be expecting, you know, free rent. Like, try to start your lease after September 1st. Like, I give them all these strategies. Try to end the lease after September 1st, just so you're out of that window. Yeah. But, I mean, literally for the last three to five years, it's just been like, eh, it's just year-round. Like, there's no real market. Are, are <laughs> like, rates seasonal. going up? Um, I'm seeing, at least with the buildings that I'm representing, I'm seeing them come down. They come down? Yeah. Okay. And so, I've been working on these buildings for about four years. Right. So I have a good, you know, sample set. And throughout history, how many of your rental clients have turned into buyer clients? Uh, a lot of them move out of the state. Yeah. You know, some of them get married and then they, mm -hmm. they, they, they continue to rent. A majority of my business is still rentals. Yeah. Um, and those rental clients do tend to stay. So I haven't been in gotcha. it long enough to see so many of them move over. Right. But I feel like right now... It's a perfect time to buy. I mean, I personally sold last year. Yeah. I'm renting now. Well, it's an Sitting on the money. It's certainly an interesting time to buy. And one of the things that Brian Morgan City Habitat has brought up is mm -hmm. the rent-to-buy equation right now yeah. still favors the rental side. It uh, doesn't yeah. really see any urge to rent. And there's just been a whole slew of, of yeah. regulation changes that... I think I was thinking about that. That I, I think want to talk about that for a little really... bit. So we're talking about the rent regulation changes that recently yes. we lost that bet, and it really hits the multifamily yeah. sector. So uh, yeah, I mean, it it hits basically <clears throat> everybody except for co-op and condo owners. Mm -hmm. um, basically, a landlord can no longer accept additional rent up front or additional security, regardless of the qualifications of the client. I just had a client, thankfully, before this all happened, mm -hmm. from Turkey. Uh, very, very wealthy family. I mean, Googleable and everything. They put down the entire year up front in a related building. No problem. No questions asked. No, you know, like, give us a CPA letter. That's all we really right. need to see. They cannot qualify for that anymore. Wow. So I'm thinking, who is who are these regulations really, you know, protecting, number mm -hmm. one, in this little bubble that we have that is right. Manhattan? But now all these international people, like where are they going to go? Diplomats, where are they going to go? And I think that that is going to, to directly hit the rentals, thus making even has more consent. Has I it haven't already? seen it yet. Okay, gotcha. I haven't seen it yet, but I know that it's coming. I right. mean, all my students that I go talk to. Maybe that's why you feel like prices are starting to are coming down a little bit. Maybe mm, it's but they've all they already yeah. I, it, this is too new. But I'm mm -hmm. thinking all the all the students that I talk to during the fall during the spring. Right. What are they going to do now? They're going to need guarantors, insurance, but they're now they're limited to the, right. the fees up front. Like there's so many regulations, and I'm thinking it through. And I love your insight, but if it's harder to rent, then most likely the prices will need to continue to come down, which is not which, good for the sales market. Exactly. Which which Brian Morgan's getting even more depressed right now. Exactly. I mean, he was he was so quiet. Did you see him on the last podcast? <laughs> Sorry, Brian. I got the camera. He's just like I like Brian. <laughs> Uh -uh. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, no, it's, and we're talking about that. Like either either rents have to come up, yeah. or, or but you're saying now that the pressure now is for rents to come down. It I, makes that equation. I think we won't know mm. for a while what the what the impact is, but I feel I do as an agent, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree. We're like a punching bag. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like we're down. Well, you know what? Let's just raise taxes yeah. while you're having a hard time selling, and then let's throw in these rent regulations. Well, and well, it's like, cuts. all right, like <laughs> I give. You know, like where's the like? You know what? With the salt deduction, the salt policy change. Well, that was a couple of years ago, right? I'm not as. Uh, 
I don't know much about. Okay, well, the sole, that, that was that was more for for buyers. Yes. Okay, um, and it was basically they can't deduct and oh, owners, sellers, owners yes. as well. You can't deduct. You can only deduct up to ten thousand. Oh yes, if right. That, so you yeah. can't you can't write off your um your whatever. So the, when that came out, right, everyone, everyone, this is a couple of years ago. Yeah. Everyone was, was asking <laughs> what's going on, what's the yeah. effect, and we're all like. Even like months later, we're like, it's too soon. It's too soon. It's too soon. Right? It's too soon. Yeah. And so just so people understand, this whole rent thing is, is weeks. Maybe yeah. maybe just under a month now. I don't know. Barely how long. a month. Yeah. Yeah, a couple, three weeks maybe. But the salt, I think part of the reason we are here where we are now is that is that change yeah. has had a persistent change. And it really has taken years. Yeah. Years to really kind of see what kind of major impact it has yeah. on affordability, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. What's well, the kind of thing? So for salt, people had to start writing those checks, correct? And it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's getting real now. It's starting to get real. Yeah, real well, I think they the needed rent. to wait till they filed their tax return. Yeah, exactly. And so, so now with the rental, it's like once you go to do that renewal, and it's like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. See, I, I have a couple. I mean, we don't transact anymore, but I have a couple of old buyer clients that bought mm -hmm. five, six, seven years ago. And and look, I mean, when you live in Manhattan, you're kind of wired to the fact that rents go up, and you know what mm -hmm. also goes up for us. Your, your real estate taxes go up and your maintenance goes up. It doesn't really go down. No. All right, those things keep going up and they go up, what, 5%, 7%, whatever it is. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you have that and you don't have the deductions. And I got some of these people that are I've sold five, six, seven years ago mm -hmm. and they're like, man, this is, this is it's like 35% higher and I can't deduct these. Like, mm -hmm. are you seeing other sellers like yeah. worried or crunched? And I'm like, no, but I'm, he I'm hearing it. Yeah. I'm hearing it from my old buyers, I'm yeah. hearing it from some other people, but I'm not really seeing like, I, I don't know, is that the reason why? Is something else the reason why? It's hard because there's, there's so many, too many things. things. Yeah. yeah, I'm personally gonna be going after expireds or your off market thanks to that tool, which right. I love by the way. And giving them all of, touching to all the pain points right. that they might be feeling. Like, are you thinking of renting because you're not gonna get the money that you want? Could you potentially be be spending more money by right. holding on to it now, you know? Did you know that there still are people selling and yeah. buying and there still are bidding wars? Yeah. I know we're not supposed so to. So that's, that's, that's the takeaway, is, is, <laughs> is the biggest thing is that sellers think, all right, if I price this correctly, or God forbid if I price this under the market, mm -hmm. I'm going to equate that to me leaving money on the table and oh, I'm wait. never going to ever recuperate that money ever. When time and time and time again you hear these stories, yep. that's not the norm. It was the norm in 2014. It was oh. the norm in early 2015. It happened oh, eight yeah. out of ten times it was going on. Yeah. But now it's like one out of ten times. And it's that one seller like that mm -hmm. that you had experienced mm -hmm. that's really reaping the benefits of creating a sense of urgency. Create an urgency. What could you yeah. do to get those people in and make you think that this thing is going to go quick yeah. if I don't act now? Yeah. Really? I would say you're not. this is not the market to test. No, exactly. So let's. We're getting near the end here. So, so your buyers recently um, of your of your deals that you've done. Just give, give the audience an idea of how much we able to negotiate down. Like what? Mm. Where are deals kind of happening? From uh, so I recently did a deal. I would say asking price around six ninety five. We got it around six seventy. Mm -hmm. I personally sold a studio that was asking three. 40, he listened to me. We sold it for 357. Mm -hmm. there you, um, go. you know, like but that's a studio yeah. and right. it's a certain price range. Um, you know, they still expect 10%. Right. Like they all want 10%. Yeah. And I was reading the the numbers, like they're inching up the average to around 7%, right? Well, you know what? Medium so the, listing discount. The market's 7%, but I actually haven't checked this. Let me go see because th that's the lower end of the market under a million. And I would imagine that there's definitely a correlation between price point and um, listing discount. Mm -hmm. And let me just see what we got going <laughs> on here. So under 600K is 4%. 
Is that, that's pretty much exactly what you got kind of with, with that yeah. other one. Yeah. 600 to a million is 5.6%. Sellers mm-hmm. are going down 5.6%. One or two million sellers got to go down 7.2. That's that broader area of the market. Yeah. Um, five to 10, they got to go down over 10%. And I'm sorry, two to five, they got to go down over 10%. And yeah. five to 10, they got to go down just under 14%. So I, there's a big correlation between price point. Yeah. And I think the, the lower end, 600,000, you can assume you're dealing with a seller who maybe bought it, like I bought four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as I put mine on the market, and I did last year because I saw something happening. Right. You know, I sold for less than the most recent comp. Right. With one bid, I still got over asked, but I negotiated the hell out of that. Right. You know, so. You mentioned something, and we're getting to the end here. You mentioned something before we started about co-op renovation credits. Oh, yes. So and before been, we end here, I forget to get yes. this out. I thought it was super interesting. Yeah. So, so. so I think, you know, this is so frustrating as, as an agent. Well, explain to people what it is. So a co-op, so a, a renovation credit is basically, a co-op has the right to reject a deal for yeah. any reason, right? But sometimes they can reject it because of the price. Mm-hmm. Which has been happening here and there. And they yeah. never reject because the price is too high. <laughs> never, no, never, never, never. Mm-hmm. Always because it's too low. So, you know, you might have it listed at a million dollars. Maybe somebody comes mm-hmm. in and says, I'll pay 800000 The co-op says, no, we need it to say at least 900000 uh, so on the contract, it'll say 900000 and then behind the scenes, they'll be working out some kind of renovation credit where, you know, now in the books, it shows that higher number. We as agents are like, how did you get 900000 right? So the comp is, is so, so they close, the seller takes $100,000. They get the $800,000. So this is news to me. I've never experienced this. And where does this, ha- does this happen? Like after the co-op board package is approved or this is... Part of the contract negotiation, like where does this whole thing fall out, and how does how does the buyer respond to this? I'm not going to point out addresses, but I I did ask. I was going for um, I did a pitch for an apartment in that building, and Mm -hmm. I happen to know a broker who has a listing. And I said, like, tell me about it. Like, what's going on? Like, wh- what? Where are you? Where are you? Are you in contract? Whatever. And he told me, this is what the building's going to expect you to do if you don't get a number. So, you know, thankfully, I happen to know the board okay. president. So I asked him, like, what number do you want to see? I need to know if you're at least in line with like what the market's going to pay. Yeah. And thankfully, with my number, we were. But his number, they weren't. I had, it was a penthouse without right. space. Like, right. it was special. But. This is screwing everybody up. Right. I mean, I don't yeah. think it happens a lot. I think no. it's, it's a rare thing. And I, a lot of buildings, I would imagine, don't allow it. And I would think it's a more of a condo kind of a thing, potentially. But the co-ops have that, have that power to reject so the price. So much power. They all, want, they all want to keep the comps up. Listen, central right. planning has such a glorious tradition in history. <laughs> what I know, right? Isn't this how co-ops started? They, mm-hmm. they wanted that control over who That's was right. there. They want, to be the, they want to be the gatekeepers, but yeah. it's one thing to be the gatekeepers about who's buying at the building, if they're financially secure, if they're not right. going to have an entourage of a thousand people coming in and out. And it's another yeah. thing to sort of dictate price. Yeah. Great and stuff. That's a, a tricky, tricky place to be. Though. You know, yeah. we're getting creative too. I got handle That's a very creative <laughs> thing. You know? Well, I mean, yeah. if you can get away with it, yes, yeah. it works. Great stuff. All right, we're done here. All right. Thank you for your Thank time. You. This has been awesome. Yes, I appreciate that. We're also, we're with Karen Stone. This is Noah and John. We're talking Manhattan. We'll catch you next time.